Hello and welcome to today's Our Voices, a Voice of Japan podcast. Hi, I'm Leslie, one of the hosts of Our Voices. Our Voices is the official Voice Up Japan podcast released every Friday. We discuss articles from our Voice Up Japan writers, feature our members, and conduct interviews with different guests every week. And I'm Sachiko. Today we are joined by a guest. Her name is Mizuki and she is one of our writers at Voice Up Japan. So Mizuki-san, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, thank you for inviting me as a guest. So I joined Voice Up Japan from this summer and I do write up on uh, Voice Up Japan. Thank you. This week's topic is about paternity leave in Japan. So, paternity leave refers to male employees taking a period of absence from work in order to care for their newborn child. Today, we'll be talking with Mizuki and why she chose this topic. So,、uh, for this article, you interviewed Professor Tamura, who is the first male employee at Nagoya University who took paternity leave. So, why did you choose to write about this?、Um, because when we hear to or talk about gender inequality, Many people focus on women and LGBTQ discrimination. And I think, of course, there's still so many discrimination for them. But I think it's also very important to know about men's issues too, like how the men are struggle with their gender stereotypes. And at that time, I saw the news in Japan about paternity leave in Japan. And they said, according to Ministry of Health, Labor, The ratio of men who took、uh, paternity leave is only 6% in Japan. And I was very surprised about the data. And I think this data shows that men's choice that take care of their child is deprived because of gender stereotypes that raising a child is a woman's job. This is the reason why I chose this topic. Wow. So,、uh, what things did you know already, and what kind of like preconceived ideas did you have before you started to do like research? I already know that the ratio of paternity leave in Japan is extremely low because、mm-hmm. I watched the, about the news.、Um, before researching, I had an idea that one of the reasons why the、uh, paternity leave is extremely low is maybe gender stereotypes in Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what kind of things like, did you learn, or what, what surprised you about what you found out? So, I learned that the reason of the ratio is low is because rather than the gender stereotypes or norms in Japan, the fundamental reason is the Japanese systematic reason of paternity leave.、Mm. And I Understand that the, that the sheer norms on child care have changed considerably in the last 20 years or so. That many people, especially young generation, have not known that men to engage with their child and take leave when they have child is not known things. And he explained to me that actual reason is income security during paternity leave in Japan.、Mm. That in Japan, I think still they have many divisions of work that men are involving with their jobs and get salary. So, in that situation, I think it's very difficult to take a long vacation、hmm. because they cannot yeah, even, earn money. Yeah. Like, even if it's not really a vacation, right?、Yes. If you need paternity leave, it's not like you're going to Hawaii. Yes. 
Right. And do you know anyone uh, who took paternity leave or who is planning to take paternity leave, like in your circle? Oh, I don't have because I'm still university student. Mm. So I don't have any friends, but I work at nursing school as part-time job. So I know that I'm taking care of child is how wonderful, but at the same time, how is this tough time? Mm. And in your article, you explained about the changes in masculinity. Then, what do you think is the link between toxic masculinity and paternity leave? Okay, so Professor Tamela he explained with own experience that how his toxic masculinity changed after taking paternity leave. Raising child is extremely hard time. Also, it is very wonderful experience that he explained his masculinity change that he used to have the toxic masculinity that stick to his point sometimes and he got angry when he was criticized. But mm. after taking paternity leave, he explained his change because he spent time with 11 months old second son all day long. He said he learned how challenging and tiring it is to care for someone all the time. And so, so the experience of caring for someone, he became able to, it sometimes changes people to be able to let go strong emotions that are based on emotion. Mm, I see. So, sort of going through this whole process of, I guess, sort of unlearning your toxic masculinity, I think, definitely mm-hmm. changes like sort of your perspective on child care i yes. think for a lot of people especially when i guess a lot of men they might just sort of expect perhaps their wife or someone else will help take care of their child but when it really falls onto your own responsibility i think you will definitely learn a lot yes besides <laughs> besides just um taking care of your child and things like that um so my next question is, earlier this year, the environment minister named Koizumi Shinjiro, probably he is the first politician to take paternity leave. What do you think are the effects of this? Yeah, I saw the news that Koizumi Shinjiro took paternity leave for 12 days. And even it is difficult to change suddenly of workers' mind, especially older generation, I think it definitely had a good impact or a positive impact for Japanese people because many media featured on taking paternity leave of Koizumi Shinjiro and there was a lot of discussion and also himself say his own experience in his blog. So many Japanese people can realize that taking paternity leave are becoming a normal thing. So as the next step, if he can make some policies for paternity leave with his own experience, it would be great because I think we need some policies for paternity leave especially when we think about Japanese current context that only 6% of men can take paternity leave even though a lot of people want to take it Professor Tamura expressed that there are some challenges for men taking care of small children in public What were some of the challenges he faced? Yes, he explained some challenges that just 20 years ago, the environment 
of taking care child is not ready for men. So like he explained, diaper changing spaces and places to keep a child safe in the men's washroom are not available in men's washroom just in the early 20s. And I think just imagining myself, I think it's very hard for people who are with small child that cannot access these places. Yeah, bathrooms for, for women, they are always like ready for babies. They always have like a changing table. They have a place to hold the baby. So it's really like unfair in that sense, right? Yes, mm, that's true. I think so too. And then something else that I noticed in Tokyo especially is that I feel like even in women's restrooms, not all of them have like all of the adequate sort of things that you might need. Like, for example, they might have the larger washroom for disabilities, plus they might have a sort of baby sort of seat that you can put your baby in. But then not all of them come with also like a baby changing sort of um, mm-hmm. sort of thing there. And then so I was just thinking like it might be really hard because um, usually if you need to help change your baby's diaper you probably need the nearest bathroom but then Mm. you don't have that or the bathroom that you're in like for example in like a train station then you might have to go find another place and that might take a long time and then also something that i noticed was that a lot of places the elevator might be really far or the or they might not have ramps so if you're using like a baby carriage, then it might be really hard for you because it's really hard to push the baby carriage without like adequate ramps. So that's mm. something that I've noticed, especially I think in large cities like Tokyo, because it's quite hard to get around, especially if you're using like a baby carriage or something. Although they do have like changing rooms mm. that are like rooms that are unique for like to change a baby to take care of the baby. But uh, that is true that they are not always available. Like you cannot find them. I haven't seen them as often in a train station than I have seen them in a in a mall or in a shopping center. And for my other question, in modern economies like Japan that are based a lot on performance-based pressure, do you think paternity leave will become popular over time? Japanese working style has been changing to a performance-based assessment. So because of that, people especially 20 or 30s have difficulty to put weight on other things including childcare leave, childcare, housework or their hobbies. So because uh, many workers have pressure on achieving results for their work, they have to spend a lot of time for work. And in that sense, I think people may have more difficulty to spend time for their childcare care and taking paternity leave or child care leave itself and even if they can take child care leave they have to struggle to do both working and also household work at the same time okay so what would you like more people to know about taking paternity leave in in japan so in my article i interviewed the tamura professor who are researching on feminism and gender studies in Nago University. So that's why in my article, um, you can learn not only his own experience, that how he changed his masculinity, but also the past and future of Japanese paternity leave. 
And also, when I edit my article, I try to write that readers can see his personality. Like, Tamara Professor was very friendly, and he said some jokes when I interviewed. So I put my article on what he said, some like including jokes. So you can read really ex uh, with really exciting, and I hope you can enjoy my article. So thank you very much for inviting me today. Miski-san, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your views and telling us everything that you learned. Thank you very much for inviting me. So. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, and thank you so much, Mizuki-san, for joining us today on Our Voices. This podcast is on Spotify and YouTube. And please don't forget to follow us on social media, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and to hit the like button if you're on YouTube. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.